Welcome to the Special Delivery Podcast. I am your host, Special, and welcome to this series on Grand Nationals album, Twice on Sunday, Season 1, where each episode is a standalone episode about a track on the album, so you could listen to them all in order, out of order, all that good stuff. It works either way. <laughs> this episode is about track number seven, East Side. It is produced by DJ Basta, SK, and Kevin Allen, and features Monty Draper, Oakland Hearts, Kate Lamont, and Brookfield Deuce. Unfortunately, SK and Kate Lamont weren't able to sit down with us, but I do want to acknowledge their incredible contributions to this song. Now let's get into it. I'm DJ Basta from Grand National, Roots and Branches. When it comes to East Side, you spoke about feeling when you're producing, and I think that song has such a strong feeling to it. Like it, there's this dark ruggedness to it that feels good though. Like it's it's not a bad dark rugged. It's like a good dark rugged. You talked, of course, about elevators and and kind of using different elements from that session. What was it like making that one? I'm always excited when I have stems from live musicians, especially when like it already was a cool track and all I needed to do was, you know, take pieces of it and, and then bring new drums and kind of just, you know, create the texture of it. I originally remember we played like, I think I played it and Deuce was in the room and like Deuce just kind of was like, oh yeah, that one. Mm -hmm. he, he has like a sense of doing that, just kind of nudge like that one. I think I just played it for him, not the whole group and it, it somehow came to the space. And so, I mean, a lot of times I don't, I just make them without thinking about it sometimes. Again, like, let me just catch a flow and not and not have to, to think too much about it. It felt good, that's for sure. I mean, cause there were not only, you know, I, I use a lot of samples. So it, it was able to have the texture and the feel and the energy of what I look for in a record, but it was all stuff that my folks had played out. So it was us, you know? Man, I'm trying to like articulate a feeling from something that feels like a little while back now, but yeah, other than then it was like it felt special, but that's that's could go a lot deeper. I think at that point, it, like, I felt the music was really clicking, you know, because one of the one of the things I remember from from early conversations with Kevin was really wanting like the musicality to come to the front, and again, like not being a traditional musician, uh, but more of a producer and, a, and, a, and an artist, you know, that was one thing that I knew I was gonna maybe be able to bring some like foundational textures to that people would be able to bring something to. But that one's exciting because I think it's one of the only tracks on the project that we didn't add anything to after, right? Most of them, we had like some incredible musicians come in and lay it. Like that one was like, that's the home team that played the instruments and I just got to flip like what we, what we created in that moment. So I think there's just a different level of ownership there though too, because it's really like really in-house. It's Monty Draper, I'm a special delivery podcast representing Grand National. Trying to take over the world in the least time. Money. Yeah, yeah, money. yeah, yeah, money. yeah. But I was getting money on the east side. Niggas won't take nothing from me in the meantime. Nothing from me. Yeah, won't yeah, take nothing from me. Yeah, won't yeah, take yeah. nothing from me. But hey, sweet lady, would you be mine? Goodness gracious, I've talked to you about this <laughs> off mic because oh, wow, wow, wow. Before we get into the verse, just the hook. Yeah. There's so many elements to it. There's this catchiness, mm -hmm. there's a lot of homage in there. But there's also this realness to it, and, and it just all comes together so well. How do you approach that hook? The Eastside hook came out of that little bit of ego where you're starting to hear 
all right, I'm not making a lot of these songs because they rapping their ass off. And it's not not because I couldn't get on. It was like, I'm hearing these verses and I'm like, shit, like this is a lot going on. But I was in a space where I was like heavily putting emphasis on production and bridge writing, not hook writing, but bridge writing. But as a byproduct, the, the hook writing gets wrapped in there. So that's where I was at. But we in a room full of rappers and there was this part in the process. I was like, yo, can we have just a production day? Like, can we just do that? It was just moving so fast. And it's like, bro, you can't come in here and try to make it comfortable for you, like get out of your zone. So Eastside literally was born out of like getting my ass kicked in the studio or missing way too many sessions too. Cause that's a big part of, I remember getting Young, Black and Beautiful and getting positive. And I don't know if those are the same sessions, but they was close. And I remember feeling a way about not making no sessions. And it, it was my fault, it wasn't nobody fault. So Eastside was literally born out of like that little bit of, I want to say it was competitiveness, but that was ego creeping in. Like, bro, I, and, I, and I hope this shit stay too, you know? But the hook, again, it's all like first person. I take a lot of pride in not having a lie either. It's written in reverse. Baby, would you be mine? I had that for, I was just walking around singing. I don't know, for whatever reason, I just kept singing that shit. And then the, uh trying to take over the world in the least time. So it was just putting it together in, in fragments. You spoke about how you were kind of focusing on like bridges and hooks and stuff like that. And I think that could be, like you said, a byproduct of being in a room of rappers, very talented rappers. But also I think listening to a lot of your work, especially Concrete Violet and all that stuff, I think that that's something that you've definitely honed in on and just made incredible stuff with. What's that feel like? It's interesting, and I talked to Kev about this in the process, like, and because Deuce and I, a whole clip together, Kev and I, most of our sessions are together, so I know what their pins are, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's so it's like, fuck, man, I don't got the bandwidth to rap rap right now, so I'd much rather just do the hook or the beat or some shit, and like, and then my verse writing process is like painful as shit, and trying to have a whole room sit through that don't feel fair either, so it's a give and take to say all of that. The whole squad has been hella accommodating at that part too. So it's it's more me, it's more mental than anything. Like it has not been this like, oh now you're taking too long. Nigga, do you and figure it out and find it. It's a mental thing. So I that's why I feel like for me, Eastside was me breaking through that mental block of like trying to go, oh, it's not this, I can't do this. Like, nah, bro, you can do whatever you want and find it. And I got to really find it on that song. Personally, it felt like an accomplishment. That's dope. Cutting corners let the dead ends. Fracture with the dream, still convinced the ass to get in. Conscious race on Gucci, but Granny was in them sitting Sound like balance, no cover me, I'm about to go in. Inception, misdirection, still thinking I'm in control. Neglected everything I love, trying to raise a stock on my soul. Leave the porch light on for me. Oh, fuck, I'm already home. Won't ask you to wait, better yet, don't let me go. Boomerang, Holly Berry, no. This ain't ordinary, call yourself moving on. Hey, that you still compare me, kick the door down for niggas. So really, what could they tell me? Put one in the air when Ox died from belly shot. This was a heroes. Think I found the cheat code. Get in it in different time zones. I'm not the one to sleep on. Don't let them dim your light. Wherever you are, just keep going. I might get this right, I might get this wrong. Inception, misdirection, still thinking I'm in control. Yeah. Neglected everything, trying to raise the stock on my soul. Yeah. Goodness gracious. Yeah. The wordplay, what you're saying, like all of it, what does that feel like? That's from them LA sessions. Mm. Like I got to LA and then was telling Jay Ant about the Grand National shit. I think we were calling it a six to six then still. Oh. And he had seen some of it. And JN is weird because this nigga not, he is technically not on social media, but he see everything. So he wanted him. 
and he goes, bro, I'm hella jealous. You got Irk Irk out. Like, he produced it and all this shit. It's like, man, you could come do that. And he's like, nah, I'm gonna stay down here. But the conversation we had was like, this LA shit will humble you because you get down here thinking it's something else. It's a lot of weird shit going on, you know? And so we're working for this like false goal or idea of success only to end up right back home comfortable happy deuce has been saying is like we all are happy and so the the music sort of reflects that you know it's not this reach it's comfortable ain't nobody going outside of themselves that's literally what that whole phrasing is it's like thinking you're going somewhere and then you run into a wall only to be sent right back it's like fuck i'm right back at home doing everything i wanted to do you know what i'm saying it's like trying to take over the world in the least time it's like bruh you want to go the fastest you probably gonna have to take the long way home we just start saying that shit that's what it is took the long way to get right back to where we were supposed to be at what's going on y'all it's the city's heartthrob oakland hearts i'm here representing grand national on special delivery trying to take over the world in the least time In comparison to Cousin Faith, a little more background vocals for this one. How did that experience differ? Originally, I had a verse. Came in, and Deuce could tell you. I, <laughs> I walked in. I don't, I don't usually write. I usually just freestyle everything just because it feels better. In the intro, you hear Monty say, what's up, bro? And I had just walked in the session. We ended up chopping it up. He was like, yo, I want you to do some harmonies on the hook. And I was like, cool. And so I ended up just doing the harmonies and... It just felt right, you know? I do everything based off feeling. So if it, if it don't feel right, I'm hesitant about it, but when it feels right, it's there. And even though they were small adds to the song, it played a big part in the end of the day. No, that's what I was gonna say. It, 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 it's such an elevation of the music. Those, those yeah. small things make such a big difference to the big sound and it's like, oh, the, the sprinkles. Like it really yeah. just, it really brings it together and, and gives people you know, a little bit of sugar on top. So. My mom always told me some people enjoy the sprinkles more than they enjoy the cake. <laughs> it's real. And then we've had a, co a couple conversations today just as far as you being the youngest in this collective and, and yeah. even people expressing, hoping that you can kind of learn through what they live through and things like that. As far as that part of the experience, how has that felt for you and what has that been like? I mean, for me personally, it just, it feels like I'm hanging out with a bunch of big bros. It's taught me a lot in such little time. As being the youngest, you know, I'm only 22. I can say I've, I've learned individually from every single person, but as a group, I think I've learned a lot more about who I am and who I'm becoming as not just a person, but as a man, even through their songs. Like it's, it's certain verses that I hear and it, and it impacts me. And it's stuff that I have yet to go through or haven't been through. And some of the stuff I hope I don't have to go through, but they've all given me a certain amount of knowledge that I need to carry on, not just for myself, but for my future self and my kids and my kids' kids. So they've all taught me a lot. You know, Champ taught me about the cash app. <laughs> Everybody's giving me their own piece of game, and that's been the most impactful for me, especially in terms of creating with everybody. Definitely. What's up, y'all? It's Brookfield Deuce. Represent East Oakland, California. Represent Brookfield, California. Front page music, Grand National ENT. 
Yep. I can tell you about the libs and the leads, huh? No clue about the birds and the bees, huh? All your friends saying fuck a hoe. I know. I'm thinking about it now in the studio. Life is just moments outside your comfort zone. I struggled so long, grew up and got comfortable. Mistakes are a given, I needed to give them audibles. Swimming in women mouths longer than articles. I had one, but tried to take two. Got relaxed with the game, that's how I made you. I couldn't pass gold with the same crew. Taking the train to pay rent, that's how the game do. How you doing? What you been up to? You been pulled over lately? Did they fuck with you? Threw a gun in your face, hope it ain't stuck with you. A fire burns, hoping I'm the match that gets struck with the you. World in the, least time. the most people have called me about the verse on his side. I think that's really cool. <laughs> I want to kind of dig into that too because I'm such a big fan of letters within verses. Yeah. There's so many verses where you can hear the letter being written, but I love the idea of figuring out who it's written to i feel like with this one you could either be talking to your son or your younger self or somebody else when you were writing that did you have someone in mind that you were writing a letter to yeah yeah i have two high school boys and they're in that area of age where it's like girls and peer pressure and drugs and just all of that stuff is like right there i just dealt with my son going through like a level of, of speech that is unlike what I would teach him to talk to girls like. And I could tell that it was just his environment being stronger than his nature. It was rubbing off on him negatively. And we're like, this is not the kid we want you to be. You know what I mean? So we talked about this for like, maybe like an hour and a half. And um, at the time, I had a studio session. We were doing Grand National session. I was late. I'm notoriously late anyway. but. For this reason, I was actually late because I was talking to my kid about this scenario. So when I got to the studio on my way, I was like, damn, I really just had a whole talk with my kid about how he should like conduct himself in regards to women. And I wished I had those conversations with my dad who was never there. The conversation in the, the verse is me talking to my kids, but also telling my kids the things that I wish my dad told me. And then also the things that I will tell them in the future as well, yeah. you know, so like, it starts with me just explaining to them that I understand what you're going through and I'm thinking about it. I'm not like just going off into my normal life, you know, which is why it starts with I could tell you about the libs and the leads, just ad libs and leads. I could tell you about music all day long, but telling you about the birds and the bees and growing up and trying to be a man is tough for me to explain to you because I was never taught. So I'm still learning myself. It's hard for me to teach you that when I never got taught. And that's a lot of people in the world. They never got taught how to be a mom because their mom was a kid when she had a kid. So she didn't know how to be a mom either. Same with the dad, you know what I mean? So explaining that to him to begin with is like, I'm flawed. I'm not blaming you for your mistakes. I'm just telling you that I'm older now, so I know it's a mistake. Maybe I didn't know it was a mistake when I was a kid because I was a kid at one point doing it too. But I'm thinking about it and I'm trying to figure out how to teach you the best, you know? And um, just getting to the point at the end where um, I'm like, how you doing, what you been up to? It's just like a simple question that you don't have no more because everybody's in their phone playing video games or out in the street hustling to figure it out. So just like telling myself in the future, I need to work on asking my kids the simple questions like that. Like, how you doing, what you been up to? And then transitioning to the things that I know I will have to ask them, the tough questions. You've been pulled over lately? Did they fuck with you? They threw a gun in your face, hope it ain't stuck with you. Cause I've been pulled over and fucked with by the cops. I had a gun thrown in my face a few times. 
and that didn't leave me you know that stuck with me i I'm, I'm changed because of those experiences you know and the fire the anger that burns in me from those experiences i know it's in you it just ain't big yet it hasn't grown into a level of rebellion where you protest it now you're still a kid you don't care you playing video games you're not on the street with your fist up you know what i mean but one day it'll hit you where you'll end up outside protesting you know maybe tomorrow maybe 10 years but It'll happen. And I hope that I'm the match that gets struck within you. I hope that the teachings that I'm trying to teach you stay with you. You know, I hope they stick with you the most when you get to going outside and being whoever you are trying to be now, like the the growth that you're going through now. Like, I hope that the things that I'm telling you that my dad never told me, I hope stay with you so you can be better than me. You know, so technically, lyrically, it's not my best verse in the world. But I think in terms of message, it might be the best thing I ever wrote, especially like towards the youth. It might be the best thing I ever wrote. Yeah. I mean, impact. Like, I think that the reason so many people reference that first is because it's so impactful and it's very clear cut. But we know exactly what you're talking about and how important it is. And while you were talking, I was just thinking about. Monty has been on this podcast so many times. So so I tend to have these conversations with him because it's something he's going through with his music to where as 30 somethings, we're starting to see our parents as humans and starting to empathize with them and and really trying to figure out that like they were just a human being. Like maybe maybe they made a good decision. Maybe they made a bad one, but they were just just because they're our parents doesn't make them, you know, these super beings. They're not gods. They're not perfect. Exactly. Yeah. They go through stuff, too. Yes. And I think that. For this verse, it just reminded me a lot of that because it's kind of the other side of what him and I talk about a lot to where you're saying, like, there's a lot of things that I'm going to have to think about and I'm going to have to really take the time out to figure out how to have these conversations and just really being mindful of who you are as a parent and just kind of walking us through what it's like to be a human being and be a, a parent and be transparent about you might not have all the answers but you're constantly thinking about these things and trying to yeah, introduce them sure it was also important for me to let the women in the world know that black men are teaching their kids to not do these things yeah. you know what i mean like we're not just going out here and doing these things and they're like they, these kids ain't got no dads they ain't got no training then nobody nobody taught them you know like that's incorrect yeah. there are dads that are out here I don't have conversations, I don't spend money with, I don't have any level of connection to people who don't take care of their kids. You know what I mean? Like, that's not what we do around here. So it was really important for me, especially with the verse, to, like, explain that message to people because there are good dads, you know what I mean? There are good black dads that are out here that are not trying to teach their kids to be gangbangers, you know what I mean? Like, no, (laughs) It's, it's more to it, you know? It's just we have a level of trauma growing up in the world that we have to also teach our kids but sometimes stuff like that about how to treat women sometimes that goes through the cracks because you try not to have your kid get shot yeah like oscar grant you know what i mean so maybe that might be the focal point initially how to talk to the cops when you get pulled over yeah. and not how to talk to the girl in high school i'm worried about something different you know like i was i was really focused on trying to make sure we explain in the album and just in my verse that that's not the only thing we worry about because it's a lot of social issues in there but none of that is like translated into explaining to the people that listen that we're also dads and we focus on these things too, you know? So it was important for that verse for me because we were able to talk about it, you know, in the album. At this point, I feel like it's a really ridiculous stereotype that's not even really true anymore. So that, but that's a whole different conversation. Yeah, overall, such an impactful verse. Yes, Kevin Allen, 115th of the Collective Grand National.
How did you kind of approach this collaborative production that was on this project? It's hard to, to take full credit of it because everyone contributed and everyone put so much emphasis on making sure we had live instruments, making like beats that I kind of produced or I had like stems to or loops to, like soundtrack, man, I need drums for this. I need a bass line for that. So it really, everyone produced it. But the ones that I like played keys on, we just was in there kicking it. Yeah, any loops I had, we just we just gave it up. Like here, take this, play with this, change that, move that around. Mm-hmm. So I mean, of course, everything is collaborative. But when you kind of had this idea for this collection and started sending the text messages and reaching out to people, did you know that you wanted to tap into your producer self for it, or was it something that just kind of happened? I'm always in that mode. The first phone calls and text messages to me were like. I'm trying to win a Grammy. Kind of like a joke, but like on some like, you know, yeah. I'm tired of doing shit that I don't care about. I'm tired of making music that's just fly by night. And I know music right now seems to be in a really good state from my perspective, just I hear dope shit every day. And I'm like, damn, I never heard this artist before. I never heard it. I'm like, yeah, but I can make shit like that. Like everybody I know can make shit like that. Mm-hmm. Let me get on the phone and just, it kind of turned into that. So once I made the phone calls and people showed up and kicked it, like, I just go into producer mode. Like, I think I'm more of a producer than a rapper, than an artist, than any of that. Just being able to hear what's good and what's not is, I think, more of a, a role that I, I want to play. No, it definitely shows on this project. And you were talking about bringing everybody together. And something that struck me the most about hearing about how everything came together was you telling everybody, I'm probably going to paraphrase it wrong, but something along the lines of, if you're here and you're hopping on a track, you have to say something. What was that thought process like for you, kind of in line with what you were just saying? I'm not sure how that conversation went, but in hindsight, it always feels like organically it happened. Yeah. It feels like the music, the production, anything soundtrack played off top was like, oh, you can't just say whatever the fuck you want. You really gotta say something. You have to go in. And I think, in this climate right now, for one, being an artist, we kind of foresee things, and it's kind of like a like a superpower. Like we touch the energy, we know what's going on in the streets, we know what's going on at home, we know like forward thinking. So before pandemic, before COVID, we were just in this pocket of being honest with ourselves and really digging deep and figuring out, all right, what's the truth? What do I really want to say? And it, it just came out. So. It's easier just to structure a project when it's depth all the way through it. You know what I mean? You're like, okay, I don't have to force nothing. It's like, no, it's there. Every day I catch a new bar. I'm like, damn, that's that's crazy. Seriously. The authenticity is is definitely there. And I think that that's an important part too. You saying, you know, you don't know how it came about, but in hindsight, because as far as who showed up and who came through, there's just so much divinity in the talent of the people that showed up and, and the expression and the things that they were able to say. So it, I think it's an interesting fact that there was a conversation about say something because the people who showed up are constantly saying things and aren't afraid to say things and, and just use their art form in just a gorgeous expression to constantly yeah, say something. So I think that there's there's kind of two levels to that that's interesting. For real. 
Thank you so much for checking out this episode. If you enjoyed it, make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever you're listening on. And Grand National has given us so much more new music. So not only do we have the first album, Twice on Sunday Season 1, but they gave us a live version of the album and a deluxe version of the album, which has 10 bonus songs. All of them are up now on iTunes. Please go support Oh man, I love it so much. As always, if you want to reach out to me, I am on Twitter at Special Says and on Instagram it's at Special Says as well. And like always, this episode is dedicated to Marlon. Do what you can to stop senseless acts of gun violence. <laughs>